0: Welcome back to Service Intel. In today's episode, Jonathan Osborne, VP of Service Operations at Tiffin Motorhomes, joins us to talk about Tiffin's unique approach to customer support. He explains the evolving customer expectations and buying patterns in the space, what they do to enhance customer satisfaction in the RV industry, and how they're leveraging technology to meet these new demands. We hope you enjoy today's episode and now I'll pass things over to Sid.
1: All right. Well, uh, everyone, thanks for joining our podcast today. Today, uh very excited to introduce our guest, uh, Jonathan Osborne, Vice President of Service Operations at Tiffin Motorhomes. And I won't take the spotlight from you, Jonathan. If you could introduce yourself, your background, and uh, a little
0: bit about your role at Tiffin. Sure. <clears throat> so my name is Jonathan Osborne. Um, I recently transitioned roles at Tiffin, but for the last two years, I was leading the service operations for all of Tiffin Group. Uh, Currently, I'm leading as a national sales manager for our new product launches in the Class B segment. So we're moving into that van segment. We're really excited about the products we're developing and looking forward to the launch in the fall. Um, Prior to that, I've been in a couple different industries. I uh, was a general manager leading a company that um, produced products in the data center infrastructure space. So a lot of cooling and containment for rack infrastructure. And then uh, early in my career, I was in project management for aerospace and defense. So it's been nice to uh, transition into the RV industry, where the customers are um, excited about what they're buying and ready to uh, to get outside. It's good stuff.
1: Maybe not as high strung since they're having leisurely events there, huh? <laughs>
0: yeah. Typically, yeah. we get the high strung on their retirement side, right? So they're ready to relax yeah. and uh, yeah. enjoy enjoy the great outdoors. So. Awesome. Well, thanks
1: for being here with us, Jonathan. Uh, um, looking forward to our forward to our conversation here. Um, wanted to break it down into a few sections and, and I'll just lead some questions here. And, uh, you know, as we talked about earlier, um, I wanted to start with specifically first, you know, your role and Tiffin's approach towards customer support. What does it mean from your perspective, from Tiffin's perspective uh, to support a customer?
0: Yeah. So, um it'd be <clears throat> it'd be really difficult to explain the passion that we have without talking a little bit about who Bob Tiffin is, right? So, Tiffin Motor Homes, we're a luxury RV manufacturer. We're located in Red Bay, Alabama, and uh, we're we just had our 50th anniversary. And so Bob Tiffin, who is the founder, uh is a true legend in the RV industry and uh, the company, tr- he really understood that if we could create attractive, aspirational and desirable products, but we could support them, that there would be a great business for many years to come. And so his passion for customer service uh, is really what resonated throughout the entire industry Um and it's allowed the company to weather many industry downturns and financial crisis. and um, still to this day, we continue to be a market leader in the Class A segment, uh, also in the Class C. And of course, we're excited to take that legacy and launch the brand new Class B van products as well. So, um, for us, we kind of took a time. We kind of took a step back and said, "If we're so a new in, new generation of leadership is taking over the company." And we know that we need to kind of carve it up into three sections, right? We have to preserve the legacy of Bob Tiffin um, and and just the incredible impact that uh, he's had on the RV industry, as well as just the success of the business. But how do we kind of evolve that to be a little bit more modern? Um, And then how do we grow, you know, from there? And so we took took some time and uh, developed kind of our core purpose, and which is many adventures, one dream, right? All trying to capture what was Bob's vision. So, you know, many adventures, one dream for us means that there's lots of ways to adventure in our products, um, but all the customers kind of share that same dream of how am I going to leisure and explore and make these lifelong memories with the people that are most important to them, right? And so we kind of distilled that into five core values. Um, Number one, customer driven internal and external. The customer is the center of everything we do. Um, Number two, do it once and do it well, right? There's no amount of rework out there that can substitute for doing something really properly the first time. Um, And that pride of workmanship, I think, is, is really important in Red Bay. And so, and be coachable, right? So, our third is coachable. It means You have to be receptive. You have to listen to customers. We have to listen to each other's superiors and feedback. We want a real coachable environment. And that's what creates, you know, that feedback that's necessary to get better. Our number four is work ready, right? So when someone shows up, whether it be a customer in a service bay or a dealer that's preparing for, you know, presentation or training on our product, Show up ready, prepared, ready to do do the job, and commit to getting it done that day. Right. So take the extra step to make sure that at the end of each day you're prepared for tomorrow and um, what that looks like for you. And number five in the RV industry, it's really important as well. There's always a solution, right? Building RVs is a challenging thing. They're handmade products, so keep it an open mind. Stay in team oriented and staying passionate about finding an opportunity to make a change um, and overcome a challenge is a really important thing. And so from us, that's, that's really what we mean. Uh, and that's, that's everything that goes into how we feel about customer support.
1: And that was uh, awesome. Very well detailed. Thank you for sharing that uh, with me, Jonathan. Um, I had a lot of questions, but as you as I, asked, as I asked the initial question, but uh, you you gave me some great insight, some great depth, and I uh, really appreciate that. Um, I wrote a couple down. I didn't get them all, you know, coachable, execution, work ready, all great stuff. Um, it's, it's a culture is what you're building here, right? And um, I guess for those might be listening to this call, you know, coming from the service world, yourself, myself, do you do anything in terms of measuring the effectiveness dude you know and not to be so blunt, but do you have metrics related to these these top five that you just mentioned?
0: Um, sure yeah so everything could tie back to one of our key values. Um, I don't know that I've ever taken the time to really kind of place them in there um, but yeah, so. Practically speaking, I think that you would look at it from the stance of, okay, so Tiffin says they had this commitment and this um, culture of service. Well, what does that look like? Well, for us, it, it looks like over 100 service bays, 10 paint booths, a full mechanic shop, a chassis service center. We have a full cabinet shop and over 40,000 square foot of warehouse and parts that go back you know, 10, 15 years in terms of available parts for our customers. We're handling hundreds of you know dealer authorizations a week. Um, we've got over 25,000 parts and service calls that we handle. So there's a commitment of over probably 200 people and millions of dollars of overhead that we put into supporting our products, right? And that does translate into, you know, best in class turn times on parts, right? So we, we strive to have Less than 72 hours from a parts order, we've got it built and out the door. Um, On standard RV parts, it's usually 24 hours or less. Um, We we pride ourselves in quick bay turns, right? So we want people, when they do end up in Red Bay, for service or support that they're getting out within a week or so. So I think, you know, we stay focused on the broader metrics of, you know, from start to finish at a dealership level, as well as in in Red Bay when we service locally. Um, you know, and I think that that keeps us, keeps us moving and it helps uh, demonstrate that not every RV company has that type of uh, capacity or capability, so.
1: Awesome.
0: Jonathan, last time when we first met,
1: we talked about something interesting related to COVID and the pandemic and evolving customer expectations. Uh, you saw things, a shift in buying uh, patterns. Um, can you explain a little bit how customer expectations have changed over recent years in your industry?
0: Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, even myself, right? Like uh, part of the reason I'm in the RV industry now is because I bought a fifth wheel during COVID and it changed my life, changed my family's life. The ability to get outside and go to these places and remote areas, just beautiful areas, um we fell in love with it right and it gives you access to the outdoors in a very comfortable way you know you're not in a tent and you're not you know just trying to pack in and out a family of 5 into a holiday inn right it's not a very good experience but an rv is completely different so what we've seen as an industry is the buyers are growing younger and they're far more technically savvy right like and also the expectations that they bring into the experience are different than before, like it, we expect it to be more like a, like a car experience, right? Where everything works and it's brand new and it's under warranty and I've got Apple CarPlay and all these integrated capabilities. Why is my RV not, you know, performing in that way? And so, you know, this idea of like a break-in or a shakedown period for a new buyer or a new RVer is just absolutely unacceptable to them, right? You know, to think that I just bought a brand new half a million dollar motorhome. And there could be an issue with it is just mind blowing to them. They don't understand, you know, the difference that these things are handmade, right? As long as human beings are making these things, we're going to have challenges. It's not like uh, a Mercedes Benz that is built completely in a factory by automated robotics with three year design cycles, right? So it's just a different um, mindset. And so this customer base is also bringing in different expectations on like the fact they rent, you know, the rentals, RV rentals are at an all time high and are starting to uh, drive there and influence their purchasing behavior, right? So that's something that wasn't really out there. The work from home movement was significant, right? So now floor plans are requiring office space where they didn't need it before. Um, What am I gonna do with this RV now that I own it, right? Where am I gonna store it? And what kind of service, you know, facility could be available if I'm going to take it every other weekend, but I don't necessarily have a lot of technical savvy or mechanical skill. So all of that has really um, changed the industry as we know it, right? And I, I think that what we're facing, those are real positive growing pains. And I think they're they're being solved industry-wide, even down to just the availability of camping period, right? There's major investment in campgrounds nationally as people are seeing this rise in the RV movement happen. And so I'd say from product design to the expectations to the actual technology that's driving it and how they're even shopping for it, right? YouTube has created this generation of kind of Outdoors influencers and and stars that are out there uh, enjoying their RV products in different locations. And so it's been really cool to see all of that happen and to be a part. of.
1: That's fantastic. Uh, Thanks, Jonathan. Um, So we talked about the, you know, the evolving customer needs and expectations. Um, You said a lot of it, but let me let me ask you a little bit differently. How have you guys adapted to meet these demands of these new buyers? Have you guys did something culturally different um through manufacturing process? What have you guys, if you had to put your finger on a couple of things you've done to be uh current with the market, maybe you can share what you've done to adapt to those new needs.
0: Yeah. Um you know the first couple things off the top is that there's some things that remain the same that we do well, right? So creative, thoughtful, and useful floor plans were always, you know, that are attractive um that is something we continue to deliver on whether it be the launch of our new super c or categories and different you know in our class c market or even just the the evolution of the class a to have that work from home to have more family floor plans where it's not just an older retired couple nothing wrong with that we love it that's our core of our customer base but we want to attract the new buyers as well right so um, sticking to the the need for quality, right? Quality in the assembly, quality in materials and components. I mean, all of that is um, something that we've really continued to iterate on, right? And and I think from the service standpoint, getting that feedback quickly into the engineering and design, we do well. And, and we don't wait necessarily for a model change or a floor plan role to make improvements that are gonna help, you know, improve the quality of the product that the deliver that the dealers are receiving. Right. So I think that those buying patterns, we're doing well, we're sticking with Um, the biggest thing for us. And it's kind of part of that preserve evolve grow is, and, and it was really just kind of just a reality is that we were very antiquated in all of our technology. So we had to modernize to have a new dealer portal, right? Is a constant need. A customer portal. What are what? How is how are the customers going to interact with us from a technology standpoint? Really, none of that was there. We were focused almost impressively on just traditional phone, email, and um, you know, just the use of standard SAP. We didn't even have a, a CRM tool yet. We're handling all of these, you know, cases, customer cases on a monthly basis. So. That was a big glaring sort of gap for us, um, and it's become a major focus for the entire company over the next 12 to 18 months, which is that modernization, digital modernization journey that we're on.
1: Awesome, uh, Jonathan. Walk me right into my next section, which is leveraging technology for customer satisfaction. Right, and oh, you said, yeah. yeah, you said you were a little bit uh, behind the times, and uh, you have somewhat been forced, not forced, but you know, no. Identify the need that you need to get a little bit more savvy with technology, right? So, um, and you're working on it. Um, Any examples you can share that because you've harnessed technology data uh, that has helped you identify or change what you've done in the past as a result of having things organized through technology?
0: Yeah, golly. Um, So, we've completely redesigned our entire warehouse. And the warehouse operations. So from from order entry all the way through order fulfillment, we have changed every process. I mean, we we even we went so far as to bring in um, just some logistics consultants to help make sure that. I think at the core, like if you take a step back, because I could I could actually walk through every department has had to change because of technology. But wow. I think what's in, what's interesting about it though is like all of these tools you got to get the data right so we almost had to make sure that before we go anywhere we got to start with our data governance we have to start with making sure people can't just manipulate change part numbers in systems and and do things like there was just some fundamentals that had to take place that are taking place within tiffin that then allow us to better leverage all of these systems that are going to come online that will definitely create the front end user experience that we want right and then The cool part, like with companies like Quant, being able to try to leverage that, mine that information and then present it where it can be proactive is really exciting for us. It's exciting for the people who are trying to answer difficult questions on the phone internally, but it's also exciting for the information we can present at a dealership level. So um, tons of examples, but I would just say operationally, it's amazing how technology can really accelerate your typical operational metrics uh for for the better and that's what we're seeing take place and having to do now right
1: awesome you use the word exciting quite a bit with the adaptation you know uh implementation of technology uh which most cases you know you you often hear of organizations struggle um struggle to get with the change management to get the excitement going so it's great to hear you say a lot of excitement. Anything you'd want to leave in terms of, uh, of advice, in terms of when you're bringing in technology for those who are just thinking about or considering it or struggling to get momentum as best practices to get that buying and excitement within the organization?
0: Man, so if I think on the journey back, um, I think you've really got to make sure that what you're doing is driven. If you're a leader and you want to create change, you have to point back to something that's really important to everyone right and for us it was the customer and it was the dealer and the feedback was so clear that tiffin you got to get with the times do you even have a computer and we're like yeah ma'am, actually we're running sap i mean it's not like it's not like terrible but we, we weren't leveraging it correctly and we weren't exposing information you know to people and i think when you when you start with the customer and that need and then you go back to everyone and say all right, walk me through your day-to-day and let me show you how these tools can actually improve your day, reorganize the way you do business and help, you know, remove the constant, I mean, in service, you're just getting, you're getting hammered (laughs) constantly with volume. And so these tools, when used correctly, they actually clean up the noise, right? For a customer service operator for, and they make access to information easier. And so, I think for us, going through the process of selecting the right tool, making sure that that tool is in alignment and answers the question the customer asks for, and then really focusing at the end user level like who is going to use this thing and getting them excited about what how it can make their personal life and jobs easier or better um you know, I think we've seen that develop into a really good initiative for us, which is going to be. A you know rollout of an entire CRM system and a full sales management type cloud system.
1: Fantastic, and I think you said that very well, Jonathan. The leadership importance of understanding your teams, the organization, um, showing them the 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 examples of of the beneficial examples to get that buying is is some well well uh, good words of wisdom. Sorry about that. Mm I know we're nearing time. You know, we only have a half hour for our show here today, uh, Jonathan, but I want to kind of close it up if you don't mind. Uh, a couple of questions. Final thoughts on the importance of customer satisfaction in the RV industry. You said you were the leader, but uh, any additional thoughts you want to add to that?
0: Um, yeah, I just kind of want to reiterate, you know, the message has been heard loud and clear, I think, industry-wide that we have to get better, right? The quality of the builds have got to be there. The information has to be readily accessible for dealers and for customers. And people, it's a complex product that we have to simplify. And and so I think enhancing that customer satisfaction is critical to continuing to see the growth, right? RV really just became mainstream, quite frankly, reasonably in recent history. And so it kind of went from a boutique thing to now we're building hundreds and hundreds of thousands of units per year. And if we want to continue to see that grow, you're, you know these expectations are not going away. So I think that you know, as dealers integrate and you're seeing a lot of consolidation on the dealer level, they've got to be thinking through how are they going to support these broader uh, geographic locations for customers who are using these products. And I think that's an industry-wide uh, question that we got to an answer. OEM's got to do a better job on the product dealers have to do a better job at servicing at the endpoint, and together we're going to have a lot happier customers who stay camping and you know do a lot less complaining about you know why their product isn't at the expectation they'd like it to be yeah
1: yeah excellent and then kind of my last one here jonathan if you don't mind right we kind of ask this of everyone but um about the future of service right you mentioned service always getting hit with requests and, and i've been there right so and uh, so have you but how do you see field service evolving as technology continues to advance?
0: Yeah. So I, um, I'm i gonna take a not industry popular approach to this because it's more of just a personal approach because I've seen technology, I've seen this work in so many different areas. I think it would work really well in RV service also, but this idea of leveraging sort of fractional workers or even um, You know freelancing consultants i mean there's a ton of people with i you know i I just picture this ability for an oem to create a portal that can drive training and certifications that can provide content that can that consultants and fractional workers could come in they can chat with us communicate with us they could bill for warranty work they could order parts receive parts they could have a review system, and I, I just see that as being a, a, a very cool and capable way to leverage sort of technology to have a, a great, you know, a resource out in the field for OEMs and for dealers to get more service work done locally. Uh, and then, of course, you know, and that's stuff that would happen in between scheduled visits for heavy maintenance or, you know, typical, you know, maintenance needs that you would you can predict and, and are a little more controllable so I, I think technology for us could really create a lot of extra um, resources that are out there uh, that could help 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 brand new rv owners you know keep their keep them camping
1: yeah well said i think uh, removing obstacles for the customer making it easier to do business with tiffin is, is basically what you said and uh, couldn't agree with you more so I uh, would like to thank you, Jonathan, for your time. Great conversation. hope everyone found it informative. Um, and any closing words before you say goodbye?
0: No, thank you so much. I appreciate what you guys do. A Quant is an incredible tool and i uh, glad to be a part of it. Thank you for having me on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.